Hi guys, just a quick note before we start this podcast, uh, there were a few internet problems during recording, and I think uh, that means parts of Marcus's rant about Ryan Portridge's challenge in the Aberdeen game will be cut out, uh, but the rest of the podcast is clear and most of it is very good and I hope you enjoy B-Tech Holland battles Motherwell before Porches battles someone on the pitch. Glasgow win the shit team top trumps Derby and Rangers are off to Braga with Big Ange only getting Celtic team as far as Nando's for Portuguese experience. Welcome back to the False 90s podcast. Yeah, with us weekly, yeah, this week we have Kyle, we have Lewis and we have Marcus for the first time in a long time. Um, but the big story over the past couple of weeks out of Scottish football is that Rangers are through to the Europa League quarterfinals. A uh, 4-2 aggregate win over Red Star Belgrade. Kyle, do you want to take these ones? Yes, I will do. So, obviously, I'll start off with just getting to the quarterfinals first. Obviously, it's a big mark for Scottish football, a big mark for Rangers Football Club as well. Um, so, I'll start off first with the, the home tie. Which pretty much sealed the sealed the deal in the end. Uh, so obviously we started off uh, pretty poor. I thought at first, and um, yeah, obviously Red Star had a few offside goals. Um, obviously the first one was Katai um, was just slightly offside. All of them were really really close offside, but good calls from from VAR. Um, obviously the first goal. Um, Ken obviously doing his thing and step had to be step over and was clipping the box and obviously VR gave that for penalty. Um, and you obviously Stay the line, Kyle. Penalty to Rangers. Yay! The line, the line. We all love to hear. Um, and you obviously Tav dispatched his penalty. Um, very good accuracy. Um, and yeah, obviously the second goal came quickly after through Morelos. And obviously it was a beautiful, beautiful volley, half volley. Um, seemed to do a wee swerve in there, which was, was good to see. But it obviously took it away from the goalkeeper, which was um, good as well. And obviously Red Star obviously kept putting the pressure as well. Um, obviously they're a very, very good team. And I think the scoreline in the end um, was quite harsh on them, to be honest. And um, the third goal came in the second half. Through Balligan, basically left up like a left up like a salmon, as Alex Ray said on the commentary. And uh, yeah, beautiful clean header. That one before. Do you think he came up with that all by himself? Or? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. two brain cells. Not that bad. Alex Ray's not too bad. But yeah, uh, obviously that finished you know, and yeah, very very good result for us. Not saying the away leg. I'll just run like that quickly. Uh, we started off really poor. Um, obviously, they scored first with a, it was a bouncing ball through advantage, I think it was. Uh, he was able to put the shot past McGregor um, in a crowded box, but he looked like he, he left his man, um, which was really poor defensively from us. And, yeah, obviously, the second goal, um, was like Kamara sets uh, Kent off, and, yeah, he just ran, and he stretched the home defence, um and he cuts into the penalty box and the, the shot was deflected over the keeper and obviously that's sent the away fans um, very happy. <laughs> um, and obviously not what we like to hear, not the line, it was complete opposite. So obviously penalty to Red Star, 
um, came like two minutes to go, I think. And yeah, it was Glenn Kamara who tried to pat him leg and tried to shield the ball, but he caught his opponent on the toe, which was a definitely a penalty. So um, yeah, obviously good to get to the, the quarterfinals, and obviously a very favourable tie against Braga, and obviously the semi-finals looking good as well if we can get through um, through Braga as well. But yeah, and obviously good to good to get there, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it was. So it's got, got through to the, the quarterfinals, which is an amazing achievement, not just for Rangers, but for, for Scottish football as a whole. Um, it's really dragged the coefficient up, obviously the past couple of ones as well. Um, now see Scotland into the ninth best league in the continent, uh, behind mm-hmm. Austria, Netherlands and Portugal. Um, and sets up a you know, quite a favourable quarterfinal tie, and I'd say as well, a quarter favourable semi-final tie as well if they can get through that I mean yeah totally yeah it's, so they'll fade the but no the draws on me also avoided like the likes of um, West Ham and Barcelona so yeah, yeah so it says of a uh, semi-final tie potentially against uh, Red Bull Leipzig or Atalanta on the side of the draw it's West Ham versus Leon and uh, Eintracht Frankfurt against Barcelona which I mean in terms of how far Rangers have come so far you wouldn't say that they'd be absolutely blown away by any of the teams, at least on their side of the draw. Yeah. Well, it will. everyone's saying, well, obviously, we are quite a big threat in Europe. Um, but as our league performances, obviously, are letting us down a bit. But um, some made a good point. Um, we play a lot better when teams actually play football and not just try and just sit in for 90 minutes. Um so obviously I find I think Gio so I'm not saying anything bad against him but he struggles to break down teams at times and obviously has to rely on the subs in the league um, but maybe he's not trusting the full team I'm not sure but um, yeah it's interesting to see if he, when he gets the, the full window at the end of the year Only team realistically now that will cause Rangers the biggest problem would be Barcelona. Um, I'm not. I'm not writing West Ham off because West Ham are a good team, but that Barcelona squad has had some rejuvenation since the the winter transfer window by bringing in about um, half, half the oh, Premier no. League in on loan. We we have we have we have no fear of teams. We shouldn't have any fear of any team. Um, even a Barcelona side that just won El Clasico four 0 yeah, correct. <laughs> Shouldn't say fear teams. Why should we? We had very good results, obviously against Red Star, and obviously Dortmund as well. Um, shouldn't be, shouldn't, shouldn't fear any team. I'm not saying you should fear them, but as Sam said, when a Barcelona team goes out and beats Real Madrid four 0 in El Clasico, mm-hmm. and then in turn that Real Madrid team just knocked out one of the strongest front threes in, in Europe. That's very true, yeah. It's it is it is a note for concern. Um realistically it's gonna play out. Rangers should should get past Braga comfortably. You've done it before, you'll do it again. Wasn't comfortably though. Really wasn't, wasn't comfortably. comfortably. Yeah, Rangers there were two off Ibrox, yeah. Rangers needed to come from behind the Ibrox and then they only managed to draw in Braga, if I remember. No, we beat them in Braga. Beat them in Braga, okay. Um 
I think Rangers will get past Braga. I think what was it Leipzig against Leipzig and Leipzig and Atalanta. Atalanta, I think, could be uh, a bit difficult for Rangers as well. Um, of course, it's the semi-final of the Europa League. Um, it is, it is. I, I mean, I just think Atalanta—they're a team that that they're Champions League level. You know, obviously they're playing in the semi-final of the Europa League, but they've proven before that they have a you know. But you could argue so. You could argue so. Red Star and Dortmund. Dortmund mm. definitely. Red Star, maybe know as much the level I'm thinking about maybe, but. Um, Dortmund absolutely I think was a massive achievement I'm not quite sure if Rangers can do it but if you think against think Barcelona we're not playing Barca though we avoided but, Barca um, if it's Barcelona in the final which I think I think if Rangers let's, not, let's not get ahead of ourselves please let's not get ahead of ourselves yeah, I think it was put this way as well as both Leipzig and Atalanta have been in Champions League semi-finals in the, in the past uh, yeah. in the recent years so so that so of Sort of Leipzig as well. Yeah, Leipzig, Atalanta, obviously Barcelona as well. They've been to you know Latvia's Champions League over the past couple of years. So they are they are good teams. Um, they are Champions League level teams. Even if West Ham do somehow make it, like they're no mods as well. Um, Suchek, you know, very good player. Um, I've not really paid much attention to the Premier League this year, uh, if I'm being very honest. But I just know that West Ham are not really the mugs that they were. Yeah, I, I, I was at West Ham a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, West Ham uh, Villa. They are a really good team. They've got... I think they, I think there are concerns that there's a, it's a small squad, um, but they've got some really good players in there and they do play really well, really good football. So They're, they're a lot more competitive than they have been. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, obviously, uh, maybe three, four seasons ago when they were really um, kind of down at the bottom of the Prem, but they're going to be tough. Um, Rangers, Rangers, and West Ham. Like, if if you get through that semi final stage, if if it's realistically, it's going to be like Rangers, Leipzig or Atalanta, mm. Barcelona and West Ham. Yeah. That I'm would right then mean that the right only the only two clubs in the uh, the only two clubs in the semi-finals that have actually worked their way through the Europa League would be Rangers and West Ham. Yeah, because both Leipzig and Atalanta dropped down. Um, Barcelona dropped down. I think Lyon, did they drop down from the Champions League? No, they were in our group with us. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're in the same group as Rangers, yeah. Because the Champions League places in France last season would have been PSG and uh, Los Clil. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they've got some really tough teams in there, but you know they've, they've Rangers have proven their worth so far, and I don't think anyone would say they don't deserve to be here. Oh, absolutely not! I think knocking out Dortmund was the the kind of poster tie statement for why they should be in that stage of the competition. They've done very well. Um, That was very much the Rangers are back in European football yeah. game. The the giant killing of Dortmund. Not not just back in European football, but back at the top end of European football. You know, the next well, the next step will be the Champions League 
for Rangers. That'll be yeah, totally. Ambitions at this minute, but um, hundred percent. And for for Celtic, it's Eurovision. Yeah. Um, so from one set of quarterfinals to the other, it was the Scottish Cup quarterfinals uh, a couple of weekends ago, and we have our semi-finals. We have an Edinburgh derby and an Old Firm, um, but uh, we both have a Motherwell and a Hibs fan here. So do you guys want to take Motherwell one, Hibs two? Um, I want to take myself a big high bridge if that's what you're asking. Um, what can I what can I say? At the time, I thought it was doable, and then up steps Elias Melkerson, and well, we all know what happened for there. Two goals for the boy, and I can't I can't say anything bad about Hibbs's performance. Um, as well, say so I've seen I've seen plenty going about um, from kind of Motherwell fans and uh, and Graham Alexander about how Motherwell bossed the game, how how Hibs were what we were trying to slow the game down. I mean, I think I think that's pretty pathetic from Alexander to be honest. I think they were the team that were trying more than the other to play football. I don't I don't think there was any like from my perspective. I don't think Hibs were trying to slow the game down. I just think that you were going for the possession game, which is. Fair. Which is not, well, yeah, it, which is fair. When you've got when you've got two wingers, when you, when you've got Jordan Roberts um, sitting on the pitch, and you've got like I mean Van Veen's no quick, right? But like realistically, when we get sort of like Willery and you've got Joe Efford and stuff on there, you've got players that have got serious pace on them. Then you're going to try and play possession to slow down the game. We weren't trying to play possession. I think it's that after you're sending off, your tactic was just to sit in because you know you knew that like you said you've got the wingers to hit us in the break and that was your game plan i think more than us it but then that kind of worked into our favor because we have a squad that doesn't we have a defense that is not that strong that doesn't like to be put under pressure so when you soak up when you try and soak up defense this like we were you're just giving like joe newell was unreal you're giving players like joe newell more time on the ball you're giving as we've seen jasper more time on the ball and he is deadly on the ball and that kind of I think it was your only option um, like I said I don't think we were playing possession but we were kind of forced to if he's sitting back with the 10 men but then we just had the quality to, to break you down and to um, it was it was Jasper that set up the first goal it was, was a set both goals up yeah Jasper a wee bit of trickery on, for the first goal it was a wee bit of trickery down the right um, and then swung the cross in uh, there were shouts for offside, but his time does run brilliantly. Um, second goal is a, one of the best goals that I've seen live this season uh, from Hibs. Just it's like not really a team goal, which oh, it was a, it was a solo effort. Was, well, it wasn't it really a solo is. effort. It was an effort for Jasper and Melkerson, and you, you just totally opened up your defence. Players, it's just a beautiful from. Jasper, he's well inside his own half. He looks up and he, the ball is like the ball is inch perfect to to Melkerson. You don't actually, I think I was saying this to a pal uh, talking about the game, but like you don't see many goals like that in Scottish football where like there's a beautiful ball over the top and the striker just manages to touch it, like get the perfect touch on it, brings it down, and then a beautifully finish in the bottom right. Um, both the goals from Melkerson, his first two goals from the club. Um, I don't know how much you've touched on it 
since I've been away, um, maybe not having a Hibs perspective as much, but uh, there's been a bit of confusion as to why he's been rested. We paid, uh, I think it was, we paid 350k for him. So it's a fair bit of money um, for us. You know, that's like a marquee signing and he's not really played as much. Maloney's been really keen on letting him settle into the country, which I think is fair. He's a, he's a young lad, he's 19. Um, but we've been waiting so long for him to come and make an impact and he's finally done it. And uh, and I'm just glad that we've actually got a, a striker that can do that because Nisbet will be out, I think, seven months, seven, eight months. And Doidge has just not looked the same since coming back from injury. Um, so it's really vital for us. I guess That's... that we have the goals as long as he can keep uh, can keep scoring. I, 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 yeah, we haven't really touched on it, but I think the reason why Melkerson hasn't been playing that much um, is because uh, he's come from Bodo Glimt and that they they play a summer league, so he's been playing since about March. He's been playing a whole season since March, and obviously he's come out of that, and he's come to another country as well. Um, and he hasn't really had a break, yeah. um, so that I, I kind of see why he has been rested, um, and he's kind of getting used to settling into to the country and the city and everything. So I do see why Maloney's playing it that way. I think the same with the the other guy who signed for Bodo Glimpse as well. Um, yeah, Hulk, yeah, he's only yeah. he's he's come off the bench a few times. I quite like the look of him. Um, so yeah, we just. The, the worry is now that we need to we're kind of going to have to rely on Melkerson a wee bit till the end of the season um, for goals because I think before the quarterfinal we looked very solid defensively uh, we didn't concede it in the league in four games um, and the worry was just then scoring goals but you know as we've seen as we'll talk about with the Aberdeen game we kind of fell apart a wee bit um, on the defensive front but um, we'll get to that game when, when we get to it but no overall like I don't know what else Lewis has got to say about about the game. Uh, I thought Motherwell should have been down to nine, let alone let alone ten. If we're going to touch on the refereeing decisions, I know Alexander was really keen to make an excuse of that. I think it's a habit he gets himself into. I um, want I want to I want to touch on the refereeing decisions, but yeah. there's not really much I can say other than there was times where. Motherwell players made similar challenges to the one that McGabby made at the start of the game, which was obviously the red card decision, and we're only given yellows for it. Yeah, you mean the one on Dre Wright? The one on Dre Wright for Jordan Roberts is an identical challenge. Yeah, I think my, I think my argument for the McGabby challenge is that as much as he. he it's, it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a harsh harsh challenge. It was a harsh challenge on Josh Doig. Um, he flung in studs up. So flying in studs up, touches the ball, catches him on, he, he does get the ball, but he catches him on the follow through and either way, studs it up. I remember you mentioning it after the game on the chat. I don't think he gets the ball. If you look at it, he the ball kind of is from the angle, the ball's behind his foot, but like behind in the frame, and he's nowhere near the ball, and he just goes right in the dog and injures him. Um, the, yeah, the I, I, think uh, just, I think it's a straight red, 100%. He doesn't, doesn't, doesn't get the ball. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the one, and the only reason the later isn't a straight red is because, you know, he's the referee or no, he's already he's already lost the game, he lost control of the match, and he just knows it's going to get worse if he sends two multiple players off in five minutes. Uh, but then if Graham Alexander has such a problem with it, then he shouldn't um, instruct his players to be such hatchet men, to be honest. Uh, really lost a, a lot of respect for him after that game. Um 
but uh, you're you're not the only one, mate. You're, like yeah, I, 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 I know you're on you're on the hips you're on the hip side, right? But there's so many mother there's so many Motherwell fans are totally done with shit. Like putting a random squad out every week and then just the players are getting too hot headed because they're getting yeah, faced management style. Like I get that he wants a team that's up for it that's gonna put up a fight, but he just, I don't know, like, I think we were saying, he just comes across the same as Robbo did, like, uh, just whinging all the time at referees, and, but then he's, he kind of, he's like Robbo, but then he wants to be, like, this kind of hard man and have this gruff exterior, like, uh referees, you know, like, it's it's really old at this point, and I don't he's, think... He's worse than Robbo. He's, yeah, he's actually, he's, he's worse. Football, having a team, having a team like that in the league, it's, it's not good for, for Scottish football, really, having uh, that mentality. You're just going to go in um, be really physical and injure opponents. We're, we're gonna keep. We're gonna keep losing games. We yeah. are. Um, obviously, we're gonna touch on what happened at the weekend very shortly. Mm. But I just, I've backed them and backed them and backed them. I've I've came on the pod, podcast and slated them and just said you just need to make the right decisions. And after this weekend, enough's enough. But on the flip side. I can see like a lot of people are saying like why sack him now? There's not enough time to bring in a new manager. Am I, are we really going to watch Keith? Because realistically, if Alexander goes, so does Chris Lachetti because they just leave together. Um, and realistically, do we want to watch Keith Lasley take charge again? Because we got humiliated the last time that happened. But I'm just I'm at that stage where. I look at teams that have sacked managers midway through the season, this season, and, and looked at how they're going. Eh? The likes, say, eh, obviously Aberdeen brought in Goodwin. It's not going that well. St Mirren have obviously appointed a new manager because of that, and it's not going that well. And Hibs switched manager halfway through the season, and it's only just starting to pick up now for you. I don't know about that. I mean, I can touch on it later, but I think... Um We've still been very disappointing under Maloney, bar bar a game here and there. But um, I don't I don't hold Maloney accountable for that really at this point in the season. At this point in his tenure, let alone the season. But um, it's mad. I think I, I don't know. Obviously, I've not had a chance to mention it, but it's an absolute miracle that we're anywhere near top six at the minute, given our form. But I, I have no clue. What given given ours, it's an absolute miracle that we are now in our relegation dogfight. Um, you're just lucky that Dundee are so bad this season that like, there's no aye, but they've they've again. they've brought in McGee and all of a sudden they're actually playing all right. Um, Dundee, I think they're still losing every week. With still McGee. losing every week, but they got close. They got close on Sunday, yeah, Saturday, close on Saturday. We just uh, we just Sunday. Sorry, Sunday. It was Sunday. We'll just skip through the rest of the uh, cup quarterfinals. A four-two win for Hearts over St Mirren, which involved involved. A fantastic goal from Conor Ronan um, for St Mirren. Unfortunately, it was not enough for them. Hearts advanced to face Hibs in the semi-final. On the other side of the draw is uh, Dundee against Glasgow in terms of both ties and both ended up in 3-0 wins for the old firm sides. A 3-0 win for Celtic over Dundee United and 3-0 for Rangers over Dundee. Um, coach, want to just take quickly touch on on the uh, the cup game? Yeah, I can briefly. Uh, so this is probably one of the most 
well, dominant performance um, for Rangers against Dundee. Um, we'll find out later. Uh, I'll just quickly just go over the goals. Um, so obviously, Hollander uh, rises at the back post from the corner. It looks like it, it was going to go in, um, but it was a goal line cle- clearance from I think Lee Ashcroft. Uh, he thumped it against his own crossbar, uh, but but the rebound uh, uh, fell to Conor Goldson, and yeah, he had a kept cool head to slam it home. Um, second goal was obviously good footwork from Tav, and he was banned over by I think it was Sweeney, and um, another penalty to Rangers, um, and yeah, that ended up in the top right corner. And then just want to make quickly, uh, just want to say well played to. Um, Alex Rowry when he came on, I thought he was uh, really good when he came on and obviously got himself an assist uh, for releasing Sakala on the break and yeah, he does the, obviously he shot it below Harry Sharp, so yeah, it was dominant for performance from Rangers, um, we'll cover the other one later. <laughs> and uh, in fact two goals from Georgios uh, Giacomayalikis who uh, scored two in Celtic's 3 and went over Tundee United. Um, We've also we've covered the second leg of first up on Rangers, but we'll move on to uh, the games this weekend, uh, and we might as well start uh, with Rangers' return to Dundee. This time we're a little bit closer with a two-one. Yeah, so I'm just going to start off before the game. Obviously, there was uh, a few stoppages. Obviously, there was one before the game and obviously at half time. Um, don't condone it at all. Uh, I thought it was pretty um, pretty embarrassing, to be honest. Um, but obviously, I understand why. And that's basically what Gio said after the end of the game as well. Um, he understands why it's done. But obviously, it was, I feel like a couple of weeks ago that um, we were slagging Celtic for chucking tennis balls on uh, to the pitch as well. Um, don't, I don't get the chuck the tennis balls on thing. Like I don't get it either. I've I've seen it. I've seen it from a French perspective this season. Um, like there's yeah. a, a a big movement here, basically saying that like any league below League Two has to like basically any league below like second tier here has to play not on a weekend. So a lot of the teams protest like they want to play football matches on the weekend that like the fans don't like having to go at 7 o'clock on a Friday night straight after work to the football but um, I, I don't get the throwing tennis balls on thing like it, it doesn't solve anything the, the yeah, toilet, pa- the toilet yeah. paper as well yeah I think I was, it's absolutely like, I also don't get it as well because Rangers had played Europa League on Thursday so obviously that's why the game had to be moved to a Sunday so it's nothing to do with like I don't know no, it's not that. No. The, the friendly in the street. Yeah, it is. Oh, also, is it there? Oh, sorry, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's processing yeah. that, but I don't understand why that has any relevance to the friendly. And obviously, obviously, it was a banner there as well. Um, but yeah, again, there's no need for the, the toilet rolls and tennis balls. It's a bit silly, but yeah. anyway, well, put, put up a wee, put up a wee banner, voice your opinions, but then he throw fuck tennis about possibly yeah, exactly hundred percent. It, uh, it just delays the game, and to be honest, it's like when Rangers are in the title race that they're in, like the last thing right. they need, yeah. a, a, game, a game that was that difficult where Dundee were putting up a fight and went a goal up. It's like kind of the last thing you need is to be slowing yeah. the game for your own team. Yeah, especially so, at the half time as well. We were trying yeah. to chase the game. Um, silly, but anyway. Bit, um, um, 
maybe not in your own interests, but no, no, I, I see why people do it, but like I don't, like, I don't understand personally. <laughs> stand, but, stand uh, together in unison, fellow bears, against this corrupt Australian league system that forces us to play a friendly. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't want to the friendly should go ahead anyway, but I, I've already covered that. So. I think it's embarrassing, and it just shows that the old firm is dead. But. No. Right, okay, Marcus. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll quickly recap the game. Obviously, it was a really, really slow start from us for till about 60 minutes, 60, 70 minutes. Um, thought we were really poor, obviously. Didn't, we also had that European hangover again. Um, but yeah, obviously, um, Dundee get the break uh, for their goal. Uh, for me, Ramsey doesn't do enough to try and close him down. Um, he should have just went for it instead of just like jockeying him um, but obviously fair play I don't know who it was uh, got a lovely ball over McGregor uh, it's basically spot on and obviously he taps in with his head um, obviously we, we got an opportunity to get back into the game through, uh, through the penalty which for me was very soft um, is a penalty but very soft um, so I don't know what your opinions on that. I'd like to hear all your opinions on that. <laughs> it was uh, the pull of the chair, wasn't it? Whatsoever. Uh, and I think it's the, out of all the penalties that have gone Rangers' way this season that have been dubious, it's the one that is the most blatant example of like what, what the fuck is going on here. I don't know. How? I, I, just, How? I don't think there's even a touch on the boy. Like, um, Have you looked at it? Yes. Well, you'll see, clearly see the, the shirt being pulled in. Well, there's a shirt pull, and then the laws of the game. If your shirt gets pulled, it's, it's, it's one of those. It's one of those where it's like, yeah, it's a foul, but like it shouldn't be a penalty. If you get what I'm saying, like a oh, penalty. Well, what's is a foul on the box? Then? Well, the penalty is foul, foul on the box. A penalty. Well, yeah, of course, but like a, those a, are the kind of things that only get given in the league if it's a, if it's for Celtic or Rangers. Those are the only situations where those get given. If you're if you're saying it's a penalty, it's a foul in a box. I think Sam's right. No, we've had that against us. We've had it against us loads of times. I'm not saying this season or last season, but there's been a few times where we have had it pulled. It's the ref has a clear view of it of when Alf, when Alfredo gets pulled and he gets pulled away from the ball, and yeah, it's a penalty. It's a pe- it's soft. Yeah, it's very very soft. But it's the laws of the game. It's a penalty. Oh yeah. It just seems like a harsh punishment for something that's just a small niggly foul like that, if you get what I'm saying. But obviously, it's a foul on the post. It kind of has to be a penalty. Right, so, um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, um, the Tav, uh, Tav missed the penalty, so it doesn't really matter in the end anyway. Um, but yeah, I thought in the second half... We were still a little bit sloppy, but then obviously I think it turned uh, about seventy minutes, um, and obviously it took the it took the subs to to work their magic. So I thought Roof was superb when he came on, and obviously he did a lot of work. And then Ramsey gets a tap in, and yeah, obviously Roof again in the box, uh, and he probably gets quite a lucky flick and falls to Goulson to hammer it away. Um, I wouldn't say. It's, it's hard to tell. In the end, yes, we deserved the three points, but for the first half, got completely credit Dundee. I thought they, they played really well. Um, it just shows a bit of, bit of fight. Um, I both teams needed the three points, uh, to be honest, uh, for different reasons. Um, 
but in the end, yeah, I think we deserved the three points because um, they, they they tired out in the end. But you could also argue Dundee also deserved a point for the first half performance. Um, but yeah, obviously, is it good? It doesn't really matter about how you get the three points at this stage of the season. It's just about getting them. So yeah, that kept the gap uh, at the top. Uh, two, uh, three points uh, with Celtic's 4-0 win over Ross County. Obviously, we don't have Andy here to talk about it, but it was uh, that Greek guy again, Jakimakis, with uh, three goals, another hat-trick in the league, and another goal from uh, Dyson Maeda. Um, so Celtic... You know, extend their have the have extend their goal difference. In fact, um, and keep the lead at the top to three points. Um, elsewhere, we had uh, a two-one win for Dundee United over St Mirren. A ninety-sixth minute winner from Mark McNulty um, saw Dundee United uh, get the win. A win that puts them up into fourth. Uh, opens a two-point gap over fifth, Hibs in fifth as well. Uh, and also a 2 one for Hearts. They keep their third place uh, goals from uh, Balangimi uh, and Mackay. Let's see them keep uh, their third place uh, pretty much intact now and kind of scupper Livingston's chances Um a little bit that that top six race still very tight between fifth and tenth. Uh, but we'll move on to the two games where we've got Motherwell involved and we've got Hibs involved. Uh, so, Marcus, do you want to take Aberdeen three, Hibs one? I was hoping you wouldn't ask me first. Um, but I guess I'll get right into it. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Just, I, I guess if I was to sum up Maloney's tenure. Um, so far and my thoughts on it um, I can see what he's trying to do I think Lewis would agree with me after having seen us play at Motherwell that was probably the best example um, since maybe the end of January especially of what we're trying to achieve with, with our style of play I guess um, and I really thought for Aberdeen going into the game I thought you know, we, we've not conceded in a while. Obviously, a really sloppy goal to give away at Motherwell, but not anything that I was really concerned about. Um, so, he was coming back into the defence, so I thought it would be pretty strong there. And that you know, having Melkerson starting again would, would give us kind of a focal point. Um, but I think what what I was worried about was um, it kind of all came about, it came to, you know, to happen in the end, is that the reason, like I said, that we were so effective at Motherwell is because we had a lot of time in the ball. That we're a team at the minute that, when you really push us back and get at us, then there's uh, really weaknesses there. And I think Aberdeen is something that they did really well was they they got the ball up the park quickly um, and punished them, especially Hayes down the left. Um, you know, making taking advantage of uh, how far forward Cadden was getting. Which I think Cadden's been our best player. Him, either him or Stevenson, for me, have been our best players under under Maloney so far. But um, Hayes was excellent. Um, just from off the top of my head, what they were, you know, Aberdeen were doing. So they they, they approached the game the perfect way. I think, um, bar maybe the first five ten minutes where I thought we were really knocking on the door. I think Jasper had a chance, um, 
I wasn't too impressed with us at all before the first penalty. Uh, I still think the game was in the balance. I don't think that we were particularly impressive. I'd say Aberdeen were maybe edging it, bar, like I said, a wee spell. And then the first penalty comes. This will be very controversial, but I'm willing to have my mind changed on this one because I'm not completely sure of the rules and I don't know who else has seen it. But what happens is that the ball hits off um, hits off Cadden. I think it's Cadden anyway. And then some Hibs fans were saying that it hits off Cadden. Then it ricochets again off of Rocky's uh, knee, then onto his arm. From what I seen, it didn't look like it hit off his knee. I thought it hit off Cadden, then right onto Rocky's arm. But I and I don't know the exact rules, but my impression is that that shouldn't be a penalty, because it's the same logic. If it hits off your own a part of your own body, if it hits off another one of your own players, you're not directly obstructing the initial shot um, with the handball. And like Rocky has no time to move his arm at all in that situation. Um. I'll just jump in on Marcus because I did see this one. Was this the yeah, first I'm one, right? I'm not like completely set on this. I'm only going with what yeah. I know. Of the rules. Okay, right. For me, it's a penalty because uh, the rules are if it hits off the player, player's body, like that that person. That's let's say it hits their hand, hits their okay, chest or their knee first, then it hits their hand. Then that is not a penalty. But if it hits someone else, and mm. if his arm was quite far out. It was quite. It was a natural position, so it hit off the, his knee. I agree that it wasn't a natural position, but at the same time, he's nowhere near where the shots, the initial shot is going. Like he's, uh, what's he meant to do? With his arms in that situation. He's not, not have it there for start. It's uh, if, if it is a penalty. Like I will concede, if if the rule is that yeah. it hit the arm off of going out, like, it is a penalty. But I I wouldn't say, you know, it, it's very harsh. It's like. He, no, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was funny. harsh. It was unlucky. I would say. It's very unlucky. He doesn't know anything about it. It's hit off Cadden. It's just. It's, it's unlucky, but it's a penalty. I, I, I think. I think it's one of those ones where because the handball law is such a mess, and it has been yeah. for years, that it, it. It. It's one of those ones where it can be given or can't be given, and people will argue either way, yeah. um, bringing the walls up. But, I mean, this one was given. You probably could see it next week somewhere, maybe in Colombia, and I don't know why I use Colombia as an example. You can see it anywhere else in the world, probably next week, and it won't be given. Yeah, it's probably just an interpretation of the refs in the end because I don't know how clear it goes on it. But if, if just a uh, just another argument for VAR in the Scottish leagues, in it. Oh, I, I don't, I don't think that would be. Because it was given by the ref, I don't mm. think it would be ruled out by VAR just because it's not so clear and obvious, but yeah, in, in general, yeah, 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 it should be introduced. On a second viewing, it did hit off his knee, in which it, in which case it wouldn't be a pen, but yeah, uh, I don't know, I, I just, it's very, it's very, it, 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 as a Hibs fan, it's hard not to be, like I say, Aberdeen were edging it, but you always felt like we did have a bit of a threat, you know, Jasper was, um, like I say, getting close, Melkerson had some good movement, you know, um, I just think, and then obviously, moving on from that, we can see the penalty, um, and then I don't think we really offer much for the rest of the game if I'm very honest um, we kind of just fall back into we get deeper which is the really confusing part um, which like I said I've been mentioning it it doesn't it doesn't suit us um, really um, I, I don't know like it was a very odd game Hibs Aberdeen games are never like tactical master classes from either side I don't think uh um, Maloney's style of play was, was best on show from what we were doing 
Um, but I don't know. They just they seemed to neutralize Malkerson very well. Um, we didn't carry much threat from the wings at all. Cadden non-existent. I was very disappointed in Wright. Um, you know, he he was very much criticized last season, and then also under Ross at the first part of the season. And then there's been this narrative with a lot of Hibs fans that he's having a resurgence under Maloney, and that you know, but I don't, I personally don't see it. I mean, uh, he was, he apparently had an amazing game at Motherwell. I mean, I don't think he did. I think he still gave the ball away more than more than what he, he was worth. Um, and I don't know. I just think a midfield two of Newell and Campbell. Uh, Campbell's another one where he's just not showing that he's good enough to be starting for Hibs at the minute. I think ideally it would be Newell and Doyle Hayes starting. Um, so, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'd need to look, I've not looked back at the highlights since I watched the game, but I'm pretty sure that it's Campbell that gives the ball away for the first penalty as well. Mark, yeah. can I just quickly jump in on yes. that penalty incident again? The first see, one, yeah. yeah, the first one. See if it, I'll reverse it a wee bit, right? So see, it hit off a player's arm, so it, it deflected off another player and then hit the hand. Mm. Uh, say if that was the post or the crossbar. Yeah. Is it not a penalty? Or is it a penalty? If if the shot hits an arm, then goes on the post. Oh, then no, it hits, hits, no, it hits, hits the post, then then the hand. Is that a penalty? That probably would would be, but then again, it'd probably be one of those ones where. It depends on the position of the arm. It depends if the defender's well, there. If, if everything's the same, unless it hits post. the post and and hit by the ball hitting off the arm is denied a chance for the ball to run over uh, to run to like an attacker, then probably. But it's that's another really vague one. I think. Well, we'll, we'll see if he didn't have his hand there. Could it have could it have went to an attacker? Yeah. So like, if it hits if it if it hits off the post and then it hits a hand when. If if the ball was travelling to an attacker and by hitting the hand it stopped it from falling to the feet of an attacking player, then probably. But I can see instances where if it hits off a player's ha- arm and there's no attacker around it, if, if it hits off a defender's arm and there's nobody around him, then and and if there's nothing you can do about it, you know. Right, fair enough. I need to get Bobby Mad on this podcast just to <laughs> <laughs> everything up. Uh, but one thing uh, Bobby Madden would have now agreed with was that. The second penalty was one hundred percent a penalty, and probably one hundred percent a red card as well. This is um, another thing that I'm still not, I've still not made my mind up. So I, I think goes without saying that it's a penalty, and I've I've never kind of jumped in the the witch hunt for him, I guess. But this is one instance where he's on the this is one occasion where the the massive witch hunt around him um, has got a point. But it needs to calm the fuck down because he's an amazing young talent and he's nowhere near as bad as people make him out to be. And there are actually dirtier players in the league that don't get nearly as scrutinised. So that's my two pence on it. But it is a penalty. I'm just not sure if it warrants a red card at the same time. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to, to hear your guys' opinions as well because I know that probably you won't agree with me. But On the second one, the boys are sending off, is it? Oh yeah, just everything I've, I've said about the, the sending, the sending uh, off. Sending off, yeah, clear sending off. There's, there's no talking Clearly. about it. He, he, what was he doing? If there's any attempt to play the ball, then it can't be a sending off with a penalty. Is the argument? Mate, is his legs were all over the shop. <laughs> it's, it's a penalty. 
Oh, I'm not saying it's not a penalty. Oh, it's yeah. sending off as well, yeah, 100%. I don't know. He's, he's stopping the player, is he not? I'm going to have another look at it now. Feel free to talk about other things while I look it up, because I don't want it to be silencing. Um... I've just thought briefly on Aberdeen while you're talking. I thought Aberdeen played pretty well, um, to be honest. Um, yeah, but like I said, they they came at the game the right way to stop us from doing what we were trying to do, um, which is frustrating. I kind of thought, okay, I'm having a look, another look at it now. But yeah, it kind of depends on. Yeah, oh so the, the ball the yeah. ball comes back off the crossbar from Bates. He swings his leg out. He swings his yeah. leg out. And he's, 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 he's trying to clear it, but obviously he catches the he catches the full guy. So penalty sending off. I don't think we'll get it. I'll put it this way: I don't think we'll get it appealed. Like, no, he's not. You There's no chance he'll get that appealed. Yeah. It's frustrating because he's cost us in that situation. It's a very rash challenge. Um, yeah. And then from then on, in, we can't really. Much I think game. I think that leads on to um, the wanker of the week. Uh, Port just gets it for me. Oh, he's, he's the wanker of the week every week um, for as much as Scottish football is concerned. But no, he, I, I hate to say it, but he's a good player. Sometimes his head is just like fantastic player. But um, uh, if he has uh, any fucking hope of being hips captain, he needs to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Play a yeah. bit more intelligent, but yeah, he needs to use his head more. But no, like the the fucking journalists going after him and uh, after the Motherwell game and uh, and ex referees coming out after the Aberdeen games and you know stuff about him. It's it's uh, counterproductive, really. But anyway, just to give to give I don't know to give a summary in the game. Just it really puts us in a hard position now, uh, where we probably need a win to in their in our last two games before the split to have any hope hope of finishing top half. Um, and it just means that you know we, we can't bank on a win at Tyne Castle at the minute um, and I think we have to beat Dundee United at home which um, <laughs> who knows <laughs> who knows to be honest but I, I guess we'll, we'll come on to that in, when we're, we're talking about the cup playing fixtures yeah um, so the final, final game of the week uh, that we're going to cover is uh Another Motherwell game, Lewis. I'm sorry, St. Johnson 2, Motherwell 1. Calm Hendry, calm Hendry, Motherwell is shite, done. Okay. Like, <laughs> that's, that's legit all I can say. There's, there's, there's nothing I can say. We're just, I, I've, I've expressed my feelings about the club, I've expressed my feelings about the cup game, and this was just a repeat performance. Go a goal down, fire one back, Play absolute shite and concede net injury time because Graham Alexander's not got a fucking clue, and I, that's all I'm saying on it. I don't even have compliments to give. You can what my wanker of the week was going to be Ryan Porteous. Can I just give it to Graham Alexander? We can have like, two. We can have two. I, I just, I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm fucking done, man. It's like I'm about to have like a Marcus style meltdown about Motherwell, but I had <laughs> one, you know. No, because I had one two. I had one two podcasts ago, and I just I can't. I, I can't keep doing this. Oh, and if you, I, I just outright refuse to give any tactical analysis on Motherwell St Johnson. 
No, one, one thing I can't understand is, um, and this I don't know if this is going to come off in the wrong way, but like you look at the Motherwell, they're sitting eighth. They're still competitive, in 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 the sense that like another win. Let me look at your last few matches, but like you're not um, you're not cut adrift at the minute, you know. So it's yeah, St Mirren at home, and then Livingston away, and realistically, you could still finish top half if you pick up a win from somewhere. I know that that probably doesn't look like it in there, but um, and obviously it's not the the league table you're looking at. It's the form that you're kind of is causing the fuss at the minute. But if you look I'm not. I'm no fast. I'm no faster at where we are in the league table. I don't care where we finish as long as we don't go down. It's just with the form that we've got just now. Yeah. If the other the, the teams below us pick up, which they are starting to do, we could we could be playing a, a relegation playoff yet again. I don't know. I think St Johnson and Dundee are just so far behind that they're going to do well to catch up. Um, but. St. Johnson just beat us, so what does that tell you about our form, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's an, yes, it's an injury time, it's an injury time equalise, uh, injury time winner, sorry, but just it just doesn't set anything up well for us. I'm just, um, my, my, my disappointment is immeasurable and my day has ruined. That's how I can sum up. Well, talking of disappointment, it's now time to move on to the predictions. And uh, because we didn't do a pod last week, um, the only prediction we've got are the uh, the two um, Europa League legs between Rangers and West Belgrade and the Cup quarterfinals. Now, last week was dreadful. So in fourth place, we have Kyle with three points. Wee-hee. And in joint, joint, joint first place, um, or joint third, whatever, uh, we have me... And Lewis and Andy with four points. So that is horrendous. Very, very horrendous. That uh, gives the total for the season. Uh, Marcus and Gary on zero. Um, Carl, you are on fifteen. Andy's on eighteen. I am on thirty, and Lewis is on thirty-eight. All I'm saying is, if Marcus catches of me by the end of the season, I'm done with predictions. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, because it's the international break this week, uh, we know what happened last time it was an international break. So we've got um, we've got some Scotland games, uh, but we've also got a mix of other games around the world as uh, World Cup qualifying comes to a close in most places across the world. Um, but we'll start with Scotland's friendly against Poland. 2-1 uh, Scotland. Uh, this 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 is a this is a difficult one because you know uh, you know in in the Poland national team they they have a uh, Robert Robert uh, Lewan, Lewandowski, but uh, no, um, that two on Scotland as well. Um, other than Lewandowski and Matty Cash, there's not really much else in the Poland squad, is there? Two 0 Poland, just two on Poland. No, 2 0 Poland. 2 0 Poland. I just, I just fancy Scotland to beat anybody at the minute. Like, Jeez, oh. If I'm being honest. Oh, I End, end like of this. the day, I'm not really too fussed about the result for this because it's not going towards anything. It's just all nah. for charity, isn't it? So. Yeah. Quite happy with it. And I'm going to go with 2 uh, 2, I think. Very respectable. 
Respectable so, 2-2. Uh, now we travel down under for Australia's qualifier against Japan. I thought you were about to say the Sydney Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> uh, 2-0 Australia, Martin Boyle with, with a double. Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a couple of months. Wow. Wow. <laughs> So hard to predict. Um, yeah, I'll go gonna, two one. He's going Australia. He's gonna he's gonna score two, and we're just gonna get pictures of like Marcus crying, like feel like pure shit. Just want Martin Boyle back. <laughs> uh, nah, do you know what? I'm gonna say two one Japan. Got a got a back back. Um, all those Japanese players that are in the Scottish leagues half the time now. I thought you could have come up with a racial slur there. I'm so glad you didn't. Uh, Sam, in what parallel universe am I going to come up with a racial slur? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's going to get us banned in Asia. Actually, it is me, isn't it? (laughs) I wonder, is is like Hitati and that getting call-ups? I don't think the squads have been announced yet, but I'm pretty sure they would. Hyogo always tends to. Yeah, I, I, I just I'm not too familiar with who's in the setup, really. Um, Hatate Maeda, you've got obviously uh, Maeda, players right. like Yoshida as well. Um, I'm not quite sure. Impression so Kyogo hadn't quite broken his way in yet, and he'd only become kind of talked about for the squad um, after joining Celtic. But. Yeah, yeah, but he's he has he has been. Pretty decent at Celtic as well. Yeah, he's not even played for ages. <laughs> but in terms of this season as a whole, he's had a yeah, you know, he's, he's had, had, a, he's had a, a solid season. He's, he's been alright. Yeah, he's been alright. Uh, I'm going to go for this one. I'm going to go with three-one um, Japan. And next up, uh, one for Marcus. It's Mexico's World Cup qualifier against the US. Oh no, do not ask me. Oh god. Um, fucking hell. We, uh, I, I don't Marcus, Marcus just scored an 86 minute winner. <laughs> uh, I don't Marcus, think Marcus, did the Mexicans call it soccer or did he call it football? It's El Football. football That's fine football. then, so I'm definitely not back in the soccer <laughs> team. So. Um, what, well, about the, yeah. what about the captain, the LeBron James of soccer? Nah. <laughs> um, I don't know how many chances I've had to speak about the Mexican national team in this pod when I've been on it before, but we've we've experienced um, a ridiculous downturn over the past kind of year, um, and it's very clear to see that we're not the best country in the continent anymore. Uh, the US is well and truly above us now, and we're in a position where we need to kind of fight back. Um, I don't think we're going to beat them. Um, I don't think we're going to beat them. And it really pains me to say it. But I'll say 2-1 USA. Because I think that's what I think we're going to lose. How much did that pain you to say that? It pained me a lot because, yeah, I don't know. But we, we, we're in a state at the minute, so in terms of our national team. Um, I'm, I'm going to reverse that score. I'm going to say 2-1 Mexico. Thank you. Thank you. 
Oh, thank you for having some faith. But no. <laughs> you know what? I can't I can back people that call football soccer. So I'm just gonna. I feel think, like. Yeah, sorry. I feel like this is gonna be one of these ones that gets hyped up and nothing really happens. I'm gonna say like nil nil. It's like a boring nil nil. I'd take a nil nil at this rate. I don't. I, I don't actually know how far away we are from from confirming qualification. But. I think I think Canada were the closest. Um, yes, they're in 25 points. Uh, we're neck and neck with the US. I think Canada just need a point, and I think the US and Mexico need four points. Jeez. Uh, um, but obviously, I think Pan- I think Panama are, are, are they're in fourth, aren't they? Panama. And I think they're a bit far behind, so I yeah. think you should be okay. Yeah. So after that, our next games are Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala. Yeah. So I think for this one, um, I think Mexico. Still yeah, sorry. I think for this one, I'm going to go. Uh, I've heard a lot from the US saying how their manager is shit, um, but Mexico have been a bit poor over the past uh, recently as well. Were the country expected to be top of the qualifying table every year and like you're third? Sitting, yeah, we're sitting third, so it's not exactly an impressive um, campaign for us. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't have much faith. I'm going to go one-one. I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd take a 1-1 one, one easy, you know. If we do qualify, it'll be limping over the line, which is not really good enough, but, yeah. We jump across now to Africa uh, for a World Cup qualifier, uh, qualifying playoff first leg between Ghana and Nigeria. Oh, Nigeria 3 now. I'll go... Mm. 1-1 one, one just because I'm not too f- familiar with how the squads are doing at the minute. <laughs> Nigeria had a pretty solid AFCON run. Yeah, yeah they, didn't they get knocked out pretty early, yeah, they got, didn't they? Yeah, no, they got knocked out yeah, pretty early. That's right, because you had a rebuild back for the old firm. Sorry. And uh, I think Ghana... Um... So I, don't I think, know, I think Ghana got knocked out in the group as well. So yeah, I know that a few of the favourites got knocked out quite early um, from from Mafcon. Yeah, I'm just going to say two one Nigeria. Uh, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go for a one 0 one for Ghana. I think. Frank uh, Akinpong. And uh, we also have a friendly uh, in this. One of international fixtures. This one's between Germany and Israel. Strange. Three nil Germany. Yeah, I'll back that. Three nil Germany. Well, I think we're going to go for four one Germany. For Lewis. 3-0 Germany. 3-0. Uh, another qualifier from North America. Uh, someone uh, won, uh, which could involve a Rangers player. Kimo Roof is Canada against Jamaica. Ooh. 
Um, Jamaica make it interesting. They're not really in the top three nations in the division or division the the continent, but they they I don't know. They're kind of maybe them and Costa Rica are candidates for being best of the rest. Um, and you could argue that make up kind of top five maybe. Um, Canada are just doing bits though. Uh, I'll say three three one Canada. I'm going to give this uh, one each. I'm going to say 2-1 Jamaica. I'm basing it off the fact that... Well, they've got Mikael Antonio. That's pretty much all I'm going with. He's been firing pretty well for West Ham, so... There's also the point, at this point, Canada could have already qualified, so they could just take it off um, but I'm going to go with a solid 2-0 win for Canada and the final game we're going to predict is it's an England game it's England against Ivory Coast England 4-0 England hmm. I'm going to say I was going to back 4-0 but I'll say I'll say three three now England. I just think it's the kind of routine game that England will, you know, put a few past the. Yeah, I don't think they'll play the strong team. Uh, I think they'll play some youngsters. I'd like to see Smith throw start. But... I, I'm gonna say three, one England. That make it difficult because obviously Pickford's in goal. There's no Ramsdale, so. He's alright, he's only got short arms though. <laughs> <laughs> he's only got little arms. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those ones like 3 0 England. But you never know, they might score because Maguire could be in the fifth. <laughs> 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 Big slab head. I love all the memes that you see on Instagram just now. It's like, I'd like to report this account for impersonation of being a professional footballer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now, nah, like realistically, it's it's a, a strong England squad and Harry Maguire against what Wilfred Zaha, Sebastian. Oh, actually, yeah. I've already written it down. Uh, so. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think it down. It, they could they could get a goal from somewhere. I don't think they will, but there is a, enough of a strike force in that team that they could. You know, Pepe, Zaha, and Sebastian Allo. So, yeah, strong midfield as well with what? Yeah, Sangari, Kessie, Seri, um, Seri, yeah, Corny, about twenty million trials. It's it's a good good team, but not good enough to score against England. I don't think. I would uh, see what happens over the international break and we'll be back again next week back in time for some league action and indeed the old firm so uh, thank you guys for joining me and we'll see you again next week see you later bye the false 90s podcast is available on apple podcasts spotify youtube podbean and our website at false 90s.wordpress.com 
for updates, follow False Nineties on both Twitter and Instagram. And a big thank you to Francisco Alvia and his track Space Game, which is our theme tune. No, it's all right. It's been good to have you on for for this one. Yeah, it's good to have uh, you back. Always good to have you hopefully, back. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I can come on when Hibs are doing a bit better. Um, so wait, so wait, uh, the next season then. So <laughs> yeah, I'll um I'll I'll come back on when Motherwell start having a good season. So I'll never be back on, boys. It's my retirement oh, yeah. from the podcast. 